Hi, this is David Motters. And I'm Aaron Harris of Star Wars Reaction Podcast. And you're listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Great pull, kid. Carabas. Carabas. Perfect. <laughs> I like that better. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. But uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? To steal from the Empire? To just walk in like you belong. And you belong right here with us. I need all the heroes I can get. And we need to understand what we just saw. That's why we ask questions. As long as everyone thinks I'm in irritation, there's a good chance they'll miss what I'm really doing. What are you really doing? This is Questions and or Breakfast, a special Rebel Base Card podcast series. This is what revolution looks like. A Star Wars and or series podcast that asks more questions than it answers. Today for breakfast, we are asking questions on Andor Series Episode 7, Announcement, which dropped Wednesday, October 19th. With the Rebel Alliance mechanics running behind on repairs to part of my fleet, Greg and I were unable to record at our usual time, but thankfully this show has a great friends and family plan, so we welcome in Colby Mead from the Colby Cast to the program for breakfast. Colby, I so appreciate you for joining me today. I'm so happy to be joining you, to be quite honest. I, I love the format, the questions, and you guys just do a wonderful job uh, with a, a unique perspective on uh, the weekly podcast about these episodes. Well, thank you. Thank you. And of course, that's why we invited you on for all the great compliments. Uh, but no, you are you have a podcast within with your own within your own right there, and we'll get to that here in a little bit, and we'll find out more about that. But I want to talk to the folks out there at home, the one you're listening in. Hopefully, the show is going to work like this: Colby and I will take turns asking questions, questions, mind you, that we have not mentioned to each other before. It's pretty hard when you're on opposite sides of the coast almost, but there you go. <laughs> These questions are going to spur, hopefully, some great conversation. And all the pressure off is off to get the right answer because, well, that's why we listen to other podcasts, much like the Colby cast. So he's got a little, he's doing double duty this week. He, he and everybody else is getting all the hard work. So, of course, <laughs> there's a chance we could take each other's questions, in which case you better have some spares. I, I got a light list uh, for this amazing episode, uh, so I am gonna be, I'm going to be frantically worrying about having some of my, my questions taken. But at any rate, there are no points, bonuses, lightning rounds, or phone a friend, but we do have what we like to call the Greg's List. In honor of Greg, we're still going to kind of bully forward with it, and these are incations of like selections of podcasts and other assorted media that we might have ingested, uh, read, listened to, whatnot, uh, before, during, and after recording. It'd be hard to do it during, but hey, you never know. Uh, don't put anything past us. Uh, to see if they might have answered any of our questions and then some. It's uh, also one of my favorite parts of the show, as I mentioned before, as it highlights just some of the amazing work being done out there in the community. Uh, we hope you check out some or all and maybe find a new content creator you like and want to support. Um, Colby, I know you were hard at work on your own podcast, and I think we should start off with yourself. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the Colby cast, kind of how you got started and what are some of the things you focus on with it? I appreciate it. Thank you, um, for giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit about it. And, you know, it's, it's something that I really spent years talking myself out of. 
I love, I love podcasts. I love the, I love the idea of podcasts and I felt like I could do a podcast, uh, you know, yourself being one of the people that, that really encouraged me to, to do so because you got out there, you found a, a, a nice niche, you found a, a good perspective and you went with it. And that was an encouragement to me. Uh, so I finally stopped talking myself out of it and I said, you know what, um, I'm just going to go and I'm going to do this. So, uh, my two 20 something year old sons have been tremendous with their time and their generosity and they jump on the, the podcast almost every week. And we talk about things that we like. A lot of it is star Wars <laughs> because <laughs> we are a star Wars family. Uh, we talk about Marvel. We talk about, you know, we've done our favorite Pixar movie episode. We've done, basically it's a place for pop culture and storytelling. Uh, so right now it's been very Marvel and star Wars heavy because we've been doing episode re uh, recaps and conversations about She-Hulk and Andor uh, for from the beginning, I've been dropping two episodes a week, which I never planned to do, but that's just how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we uh, we do. You know, Black Adam's coming out, Black Panther's coming out, Wakanda Forever. Those are on our radar. Uh, so really, anything that's uh, driving pop culture and uh, that has a story to it is fair game for the Colby cast. Excellent, excellent. Um, I know you, you have said you were also doing some schoolwork as well, um, but I th we talked just briefly about it. Um, there was uh, one thing we did want to talk about, some of the things that you kind of get a chance to adjust, even with your schedule. Uh, would you mind uh, adding to the Greg's list this week? Yeah, well, I would be remiss not to mention Coffee with Kenobi, just because he, yes. uh, Dan is a, a mutual friend of ours and does such a tremendous job. Not that he needs us talking about him one bit, because <laughs> he's doing a fine job himself uh, taking care of business. But he's also another um, major player in, in why I'm sitting in front of a microphone and the two of us are talking. So how could I not mention Dan and, and the wonderful community he's built over Coffee with Kenobi? Um, yes. But one, another person that I try not to miss on a weekly basis, and she is tasked with a lot of pop culture um, uh, writing is Jen Bankard, who you, I believe you just had on the show recently. Yes. And she has her marvelous website and Substack called uh, The Long Take. And, you know, the ease of which to consume that information is, it doesn't get easier, honestly, because you subscribe and she emails it right to your inbox. So you don't have to go looking for Twitter posts or Instagram posts. You don't have to go looking for uh, websites. It just comes right to you. And she is always very thoughtful with her analysis and very well written. And it's something that I uh, try not to miss on a weekly basis. And, you know, now obviously her and Greg are both, you know, writing professors and, you know, this is kind of what they do for a living. But I'm always amazed at just the, um, the amount at the level that she can really just um, get these things out. And, you know, it's not you know, like for podcasters like, you know, you or me, we can get on the mic and we can kind of like get through some things and, and talk our way through it. Um, but especially when you're coming at a lot, of, a lot of this to the to the to the written word, um, it is quite amazing, and I do recommend uh, with you uh, check out the long take. You can find her on on Twitter um, and I think Instagram as well. Um, but yeah, definitely definitely give her a follow and read. And uh, yeah, she she's attacking a lot of different uh, media, and she had a chance we had a chance to talk to her last week. Her and Ben Brophy, uh, aka Zen Kenobi, were on on the program. Uh, and uh, both of them, just um, amazing folks. Uh, once again, um, I think Ben is going to bail me out. Uh, he's still doing that great uh, Google Doc, 
And when you're thinking about like all the different characters, you know, introduced even yet more characters in this episode. Um, I don't know how you do it without keeping notes. And, you know, it's cause, because there's just so much stuff that we're going to miss and all of those little, you know, nits and notes. And he even took his hand at, um, you know, kind of a spoiler here. He kind of, he kind of, uh, translated the, uh, Cassian sentence, uh, which I thought was interesting. Uh, my friend also did it. Uh, shout out to my, my buddy, Paul, who also sent me and he's like, you know, I, I was doing something all of a sudden he sent over this picture. He's like, um, I had some time. So I translated. I'm like, I don't know where, you know, I'm like all oh, these, these folks, uh, that just do this stuff, just, uh, the yeoman's work, but, uh, we'll get to that, uh, a little later on, but I was very surprised. Um, I saw that too. And, uh, just so impressed. I, I am always impressed when, like you said, people go to the links that they do to translate Orabesh. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even know where to go to do that. Right. I'm sure there's a, a, a simple Google search that could, could help, but, uh, love it. I, I saw that tweet and, you know, you never know what you're going to get with something like that. Is it going to be something of, of, uh, deep value and worth or is it going to be a, a fun wink and a nod you just don't know and that's why it's so fun yeah and there seems to be you know it's i think one of the things i'm liking about this series is you know a lot of it seems very subtle there's some really deep there's some dives there's some really deep dives but it doesn't really seem to be in your in your in your face uh, but it just everything kind of makes sense uh, which is one of the reasons why i love this series all right yeah. um I hope you have some questions with you sure because do. I am going to let you start off tonight's program with that. I, I'm going to, honestly, I'm going to just start off with the question that I had as soon as the credits rolled. And it's not necessarily a question that even needs to be answered. Mm. But as soon as it went to black and I saw those names and realized that the show was over this week, <laughs> I said, what just happened? Mm. what just happened and really it's because of the way that the episode ended first of all the episode is super dense lots of stuff lots of dialogue lots of moving parts but then the end we just get this wonderful party place like where, where when when is disney parks going to add this planet <laughs> to the selection but boy it doesn't end off that way and here we are spoiler alert uh, Cassie Nandor has been caught the most unlikely means possible. So random. He's a professional runner. <laughs> and he even says it to Bix earlier in the episode. He tells her that the, the troopers aren't going to catch me here. Well, he was referring to, um, to Ferrix, right? He was re referring to his planet, but he wasn't on that planet. So now he's in the, the clutches of a KX unit. He's getting sentenced to six years. years and the credits rolled. And I literally audibly said out loud, what just happened? I'm still, I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of stunned about it because then you're starting to do the math. You know, it's like, I think with anything you, you've said all along this series is like, you know, how are they getting out of this? How's he getting out of this? I know he gets out of this, but how he gets out of this. And you know, what to me is kind of amazing is how quickly it turned just from a shore trooper, you know, go, not just, just, I, I don't like the looks of you. And, uh, but you know, it seemed like everything in this episode, you know, just got just cranked up, but yeah, the ending just, 
just blew me away. And then you're, you know, and, and that's why I think, you know, when he goes back to like everybody's out there trying to, you know, transcribe what it was that the the sentence said and it was amazing that you know i'll I'll take it up with the emperor as far as like you know it's supposed to be a a six month sentence now it's six years um but yeah i'm i'm just as stunned as you and you know you're like well who is his allies now you know on the one hand you think you know like as we kind of talked last week i kind of figured he might be going back to you know ferrix but you know even that was just as surprising but the fact that he got here who's the girl you know and like what are the green the greeny greens um <laughs> the greeny green ones or whatever that is and you're just like wow this kind of came together fast and and so everything on this planet was very was very quick um but yet you even seem that the empire is even there on this supposed um planet so yeah i was i was i was stunned and i just i I don't know how they're going to work their way out of this one in an, in, in an episode that was supposed to be more standalone. But now you're like, nah, it doesn't seem standalone to me. This seems like otherwise the next three ones are him just like do 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 you know in prison uh, and going from there. But uh, yeah, what a, what a great uh, that's a great starting uh, that's a great starting question. Well, if I, I, if I can indulge myself with a follow up is sure. um, not only will uh, when does when will Disney Parks put in uh, this planet. But also, when are they going to make the um, the uh, the Pizos and Revnog available? I, <laughs> I need to go to Batu and get me some um, the greeny green Revnogs because now I have to try it. Uh, but on a more serious note, it's interesting because that sentence, and this is this to me goes to show how smart this series is. The sentence ties directly back into an earlier scene at the ISB when they're rolling out all of the changes that are going to be coming down the pike because of this attack on Aldani. One of the things that that uh, is brought up are, um, I believe they're they're going to look over and review sentences and make changes where needed. And it's just a quick, you know, the ISB they're talking, talking, talking so fast. Everything is going so quick when you're in a scene with the ISB, but there we see it played out right off the bat now now our hero is in jail for six years instead of six months because of something that he had a part in which so smart oh my goodness and i was sitting here you know one of the things and i would say um i would start off with a start off with an easier question just because i did want it to talk about that scene a little bit was um the colonel uh colonel yularen did Elon, you yeah. know right away that was him? And did you really, did you connect the dots that that, you know, like, you know, it's amazing we go back to that character who had, you know, quite the life in, you know, in Rebels, but it ties back to A New Hope. Did you know that was, uh, that was him? And were you kind of surprised about his, his, where his place was in the grand scheme of the ISB? I didn't know exactly uh, who it was. But almost like on a subconscious level, I think I said to myself, you, Lauren, uh, because of the way he looked, he had, you know, he looked exactly like he did in, in episode four, you know, this, to the same amount of buttons on the on the uh, the lapel of his of his shirt, tunic, jacket. I'm not sure what, the, what he's wearing, <laughs> but it's, he's got them. And of course, the uh, the look of him was was so similar. And of course, he also appeared in certain animated things. So the name was there, but it wasn't something that I spent much of my energy thinking about. It was sort of like, you know, it, it was exactly what it should have been. It was, this is an important person in an important place that you know, 
but what was more important was what he was saying. Right. I think it was just perfect. It was just a perfect execution of bringing that character. And I thought, and I was not only was I kind of surprised cause I didn't know who it was right away, you know, cause they're all wearing, you know, the, the white, the white tunics and whatnot. But I was surprised how, you know, when you're talking about Yularen meeting with the emperor and having all this stuff and, and convening a special sentence, you know, you don't think about, I guess, you know, when you're going in reverse order, right? You know, there's, you know, we're used to a, a, a galaxy-wide rebellion and all things happening and, and there's Saw Gerrera out there doing his stuff and all that, that you don't really think too much about this heist early on and what kind of impact it, it had on the Empire. Oh, I think I'm 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 wondering now. Was this the first time we ever heard someone mention Empire wide? Um, I was uh-huh. sitting there. I was like, "Is that? I didn't know that was. You know, you didn't think about that being a word, but you know, it's just reverberated back. And I think it goes back into um, Deidre uh, Miro's. You know, she's the one that says, you know, it's not it it's not a robbery. It's an announcement. She seems yeah. to be the one that's you know the only one that's picking up. Well, that was kind of picking up on this early enough. Um, but yeah, it's amazing how much this reverberates through and uh, how quickly and how swiftly and how harshly all these, you know, and, and then you kind of think like, wow, yeah, maybe it was all playing into their plans of, of letting the empire just overreact. It's, it's, uh, it's really amazing how this all kind of came about, but you wouldn't have thought that this alone would have triggered it. You would have thought maybe already, but we've had, you know, a number of years where I guess just, Nothing really happened on this scale, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it goes to the point that people that are putting this show together are way smarter than I am because <laughs> I never even thought about in the 40 plus years of consuming Star Wars, I never gave a thought to the rebels acting in a way to force a reaction out of the Empire for their means and that's exactly what luthan is doing to the point where he's not even sharing things with mon mothma which makes sense because the less you know the safer you are but he acted alone and his whole idea his whole purpose for this was to force an overreaction by the empire so that it will then push people's he's manipulating the conversation right he's Mm-hmm. He's he's putting things into play that are going to ultimately benefit, that are going to be ugly and difficult, but that are ultimately going to benefit his his uh, end game, which is the fall of the empire. Brilliant. Exactly. All right, sir. What's your next question? So it's about Marva, and mm. um, I wondered if we were going here. <laughs> how how could we not? And the my fake question is how how can I forgive Marvel for making me cry during an Andor episode? But that was just a heart wrenching scene. Mm. Uh, but the actual question that I had, and it was it's just a genuine reaction again that I had during the episode was when Cassian left and he said I'm coming back, and she said I know, and he walked out. She picked up a blaster. She just mm. it was sitting on the table next to her, and she picked up this rifle looking blaster and my question is why why did she do that um my first gut reaction was because the the whole the whole scene and the entire environment that they're in now is so dangerous that 
of course she's going to pick up a blaster for protection but the first my first viewing of this i thought is she saying that because cassian said i'm coming back so is she doing it for protection against cassian but then i came around real quick and said that can't be and i think if i can just answer my own question before i i, I loft it over <laughs> into your side of the court um I just think that the visual of that moment is why, because that's another heartbreaking visual. In, la- in her left hand, she has a cane, and in the right hand, she's picked up a blaster. And boy, if that doesn't tell you a few things about Marva, then you're not watching. <laughs> you're not watching the screen. So I just thought that that was a very subtle and at first confusing, but then poetic thing to put into that episode and i did not pick up on it you know the the first time i i saw it either and you know it's funny because her reaction you know like everything else i I just was very surprised that you know she's really you know staying put and you start to wonder i'm like why is she really hanging there but then you think about you know when she was saying like you know i i take the different path down the street so I don't have to go past the place where the hanging is. So it's amazing where a place that has brought her, you know, a lot of pain is something where she's not ready to just, you know, to get out of there. You know, Cassian can't get out of there fast enough, but she's, you know, for, for good or ill, she kind of wants to be in the middle of it. And, you know, whether or not she really has much more of a role to play, I mean, she's already kind of, you know, set through, you know, when the corpos go through, and, you know, she's just kind of like being defiant there. But, you know, it's like, you know, you start to think like, what could you possibly do? But, you know, it's just this this uh, this gal wants to see see all this through. And I think she's been waiting uh, for all this to kind of go down and, um, you know, for good or bad. But, yeah, you don't think it's going to end very well. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I would say uh, very surprised by that. But, you know, an amazing job that she's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the actress is doing in the series and I'm, um, they, they, they cast this so well. They sure did. And, and I, uh, you mentioned having notes for characters. I, I have, I have my own set of notes cause how can you not <laughs> with the, so many, but um, yes, Fiona Shaw is the actress and she, man, just based on this episode, I would give her an award. I don't know what the criteria is for it, but she deserves one. Uh, and the scene even beforehand uh, when they were talking um, previous to this scene when she was talking about the result or the effect that the news of the Aldani robbery had on her, they cut to Cassian and he, and he had this, just this grin, this such a, just a heartwarming reaction to hearing that she had her spirit stirred. And I loved the fact that they showed us that her, the effect he had on her then had a reciprocal effect on him and I'm sure that that's going to has to be a seed of what's going to grow into something that's going to bring him into the Rogue One Cassian that we know and bring him out of the Cassian we see here. So their relationship is just just really beautiful. And a lot of a, a lot of layers in it. It's it's uh, it, it that's been that that's been just been a treat to watch. Um, one question. Um, so we finally get. We finally get stormtroopers in this one, and I think it seems to have had the reaction uh, intended for. Um, how did you feel 
about seeing, you know, we, we saw shore troopers, we saw, you know, stormtroopers in there. So it seems like everything got ratcheted up. Um, how did you feel when you kind of saw those? I, I just sort of thought, okay, they brought the Star Wars here, <laughs> they, <laughs> right? Because as much as, I mean, if it, it's very Star Warsy if you're if you know what you're looking for, but they have been spending time, except for in the Empire, uh, but with the characters we've seen on Aldani, on Ferrix, um, even with the Corpos, these are characters that are literally on the ground in this galaxy, so they don't have to be surrounded by stormtroopers they don't the story has not required that so like you said they showed up because they had to show up and it made sense to the story it served the story and it wasn't just some scene where a bunch of stormtroopers are walking through uh i've missed them i i've made a (laughs) note every 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 week uh and and we've brought it up on the colby cast too no stormtroopers again this week or no stormtroopers again this this episode uh but that's not a knock i don't need them i don't i don't need them but i i liked seeing them because like i said it served the story it wasn't just some oh we need to put some stormtroopers here because for some reason the other thing uh, related to the troopers was seeing clone troopers Mm-hmm. In that flashback scene, I immediately noticed their the front of their helmet when they turned around, and I even at, at one point I I paused it and I looked. I go, okay, are they pretty uniform in height? Because at this point, they're clones. Those are not stormtroopers. Those are clone troopers, and they did a pretty good job. There was none of them that were um, too too tall or too short. Uh, so yeah, it it brought a smile to my face to see them. But again the lack of that kind of stuff has not bothered me in any way, shape or form, but it was a nice treat. Yeah. I think that, you know, the, the, the tools they had in their toolbox, I think even though they've, you know, the, obviously this was a bigger budget. I, I do think everything's being used. I mean, they're, they're very, they're very, they're very smart about how they're using it. You know, you could very easily, you know, you could get away with like making it more star Warsy, like you said, by putting those in, but you know, I feel they are where they need to be. Um, you know, like as opposed to you know, at one point where you see the rebel trooper helmets on some guards that are running around and you start to go, oh, hey. But, you know, that that's one way you can do it. But it's like, you know, anytime you see these trooper where it's clone troopers and you see Clem out there or you see just that one shore trooper. You know, how many how many shore troopers, you know, d- you know, bought it in Rogue One. But here you see one and all it takes is one to put Cassian away for six years. Um, <laughs> you know, just like with the TIE fighters, like all you needed was that one and the sound of that one. Um, and I'm telling you, it just really makes it, it really adds this tenseness to it that uh, this season is really just they're just they're really happy to be cooking that stew. Uh, but they're not. It's not too hot, not too cold. It's just it keeps simmering and simmering. And when things go, it just really just it's amazing. I mentioned to my sons Caleb and Luke on um, I believe the first episode where we broke down the premiere of Andor. So there were three to break down, and I mentioned that that this show is a crock pot. It's not. It's not a <laughs> microwave, and it's not an oven. It's a crock pot. It's an all day slow cook but boy the things that come out of crock pots are just delicious and this show is that it's wonderful it, it, they earn all their moments they 
it doesn't even have to be a big payoff moment. It just has to be something small like a, a, a shore trooper or a KX unit or something like that, a clone trooper. It makes sense where they put these things and they've earned it because they've take, taken their time and they're, they know what story to tell and they know how to dress up that story. Exactly. Exactly. All right, my friend, what you got next? Do we trust Clea? I don't know if I trust Clea yet. Mm. Um, and it's it's because of the conversation she had with Vel, uh, where I was genuinely surprised when she said that they that they need to kill Cassian. I didn't expect that. And I don't spend my time trying to figure out what to expect. So a lot of things are surprises to me. <laughs> but that really surprised me because my first thought was, okay, is this an agenda that she has going on aside from Luthen? Or is this really something that Luthen wants? Because Luthen in the, in the first three episodes spent a lot of time and risked a lot to bring this guy on board. And I think he meant it for much more than just a heist uh that was almost like the tryout because i really thought uh the first three episodes that luthan had big plans for cassie and he sees something that is going to grow into some potential and realized potential so for her to go and you know vel said various times i really thought luthan would be here does luthan even know he she went to go talk to vel and these are mm -hmm. questions that we may not get answered I don't need them answered now. I'll I'll get the answer when we get them. But I was really taken aback by that line uh, that she started taking was, "We need to kill Cassian because we don't want Luthen in his head." That didn't that surprised me. So my question ultimately is, do we trust her? Mm. I think we could say I I trust her for being on the side, but then again, we've also we've all kind of had. You know, flashes of Saw Gerrera this episode without mentioning and seeing him in there, and and what levels are people willing to take to get things done? And you know, it's it's an interesting turning of the tables, right? So in which, which case you were talking, and I think aptly so about you know Clea versus um, versus Luthen. In the in that instance, you know, she seems much more ruthless. You know. To where, and then the same thing when he's talking with Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma seems like, you know, you start to think like, who was, you know, Saw Guerrero gets apparently, you know, there's, there's a schism, but who's really more responsible for that? And to what end did it really serve? You know, it, it's kind of interesting how everything kind of becomes gray and you're not really quite sure. We keep talking about, you know, how gray this is. And I was kind of, you know, I remember mentioning in an episode two or back about like, was she really the one in charge? Um, mm -hmm. and we kind of talk like, is it more of a partnership? And it kind of seems like, you know, they're working together, but they still have, you know, they can still operate independently. Um, yeah. and I, you know, like, I don't know. And that's, and I start to think like, you know, it's hard to say, but, uh, I do think, you know, everybody I think has their own way of thinking of like, what's the end game or how this is going to be won. And, you know, they're being, you know, just as, just as ruthless in some cases as the empire. Um, I agree. Yeah. That's a very good, a very good point because I actually thought of that in the, one of the lines that Luthen had with, 
in the conversation with Mon, which was people are going to die. And he's okay with that. He's really okay with that. And of course he's okay with that because it's going to serve his means to the end that he's looking for. But Mon Mothma seems much more altruistic than that. She's, she has her, they probably have the same end game, right? But they clearly have different ways of going about this. And and I thought of Saw Gerrera as well, because we're getting into that type of territory and it just makes me wonder, so does Clea have her own set of um, means to an end that don't always jive with Luthen's? Because Luthen has some that don't jive with Mon. And how are we going to have a rebel alliance if the people so far really aren't allied in a lot of ways? <laughs> exactly. It'll be interesting to see. Well, yes. And, and to kind of like kind of chop off one of my own questions about, you know, how long, you know, like, what kind of game is Mon Mothma think she's playing as far as, you know, it, this has been going on for a while. We're now what, you know, what for 14 years into this and she's building this network and she's doing this slowly. And you're like, at some point, you know, where did you think this was going to go? And where, where did you think this, this was going to go? And, and what did you expect? Um, yeah. And you know, the longer it goes, the more bitter and the more brutal it's going. It's going. To, it's going to become. Um, so I, I will, you know, I will kind of, you know, chop off that question that I had. Um, but I did want to get back, you know, because it was sort of, you know, it was interesting. Um, an insertion this week. We had our favorite uh, ex corpo Cyril Karn, and of course Edie Karn. Uh, be still, my heart. Uh, more Edie Karn all day. <laughs> Um, you know, the brown suit, but, you know, he kind of gets put into his cubicle job, literally, you know, not, not so much a cube, more of a, of a, of a circular desk, but I'm still trying to figure out, and maybe I'll pose the question to you, how is this going to, how is this job going to further him and how is he going to try to use it to get back whatever he thinks he is? He still, you know, obviously is holding quite the grudge. <laughs> He sure is. And boy, he seems to be one that will not let go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am really week by week, episode by episode. I am more and more intrigued by Cyril, Cyril, Cyril Karn. Um, I don't seem to have the same affection for his mom as you do, (laughs) 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 but I I do. I think it's very interesting to, to answer your question. I, I, I don't, I don't know. That's my answer. But, um, but to speculate, uh, I don't know that him sitting in this, whatever it is, cubicle, uh, is going to do much ex- more than just anger him. I think he's going to sit in there and he's going to start seething. Mm-hmm. And I think that is going. I would, I could see him having enough of it and then pushing him over the edge where he has shown uh, control and constraint. At every turn, except for when things are going wrong um, on Ferrix. But every other point, he's he's a man of, he tailors his suits, right? <laughs> to make sure that they meet s- certain specifications. So he is a very controlled individual. And I don't know that the environment that he's in is going to, is going to be good for that. I think it's going to push him past the point of action and probably something he wouldn't normally do. But I'm really really becoming more fascinated with this character as we go, because I thought it was interesting that the episode started with him 
and it ended yes. with him. That's really interesting to me. And then as we get to know both of these characters, and I mean him and Andor, they're starting to some some parallels are starting to emerge. They both have important mothers, mm. clearly have a very important connection to their mothers, and they both don't quite fit into the world they're in is not necessarily the worldview that they have, both of them. And they're going about their lives way differently, but they're both almost like fish out of water wherever they are. Right. And I just think that that's an interesting dynamic that's developing between the two of them. And they've never really even spoken a word to each other, right? They didn't have any, any, um, oh no, they did because uh, Cassian held a blaster to his face. Not that's, that wasn't a gunpoint, point, yes. <laughs> Yeah, right. So I just think that the the parallels that are emerging between these two characters are getting more interesting each week. But I think that his environment, he's just going to, I think he's just going to, he's going to blow gasket. I don't think he's, he's, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's going to be able to control it much more because we know that characters that have utmost control, they, 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 they tend to lose that control at some point, right? Yeah, it's interesting, and I love I love what you're saying about like the parallels between them and how they're kind of growing uh, during the show. And it's funny because at one point, you know, during this scene where he he was you know, like Cyril's basically copping to like this is what happened, this is why I'm here, and you're almost like that's an odd place to have you know first day on the job. You the first day it's like yeah I'm here because you're like okay wow that's a little oversharing maybe, um, <laughs> but. You know, yeah, it's sort of like it's almost like his own prison, right? He's he's in no better place than Cassian because you're stuck in this just sea of you know they look almost like you know twelve sided dice um, <laughs> in these geometric <laughs> yeah, cubes um, that you know are very COVID friendly. Uh, I would have to say, as many people are in here, they're very COVID friendly. Uh, no one's they more are. than at least eighteen feet apart. Um, but yeah, I'm like, how are they both getting out of there? However, you can't help but wonder their paths are going are are inevitably going to crash. Otherwise, we would not get this. You know, as as little as we're getting in some cases of Cassian, um, we're getting a very little a very little Cyril. Um, but it's it's fascinating, and it certainly doesn't seem to be in a hurry to get there. And it's like like I said, it's going right back in that crockpot. Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, is it, it's my turn. Yes. Yes. Okay, so I have two. I have two questions. My question to you is, is which one should I go with? So do we have time for both, or are we going to go with one? We're still doing pretty good on time at the moment. Uh, the, okay. the, fleet will, the fleet will be picking up one of my uh, rebel cohorts, a.k.a. my wife, uh, here shortly. <laughs> but uh, let, let's, let's get them in. The, then I'll go with both. The, I'll save the, the good one for last. This one is more of just a, a thought that I had because in that amazing scene, and I do mean amazing, between um, Mon and her childhood friend Tay. Yes. Uh, an, another award, please give one to Genevieve O'Reilly because she's killing every scene she's in. Perrin, the husband, is just eagle-eyeing them. <laughs> Every, at every turn, right? And I had not thought about this beforehand, before this, but when I saw that how that was playing out, I wondered, does he have more nefarious motives or is he just the obtuse, disgruntled husband who's probably jealous and doesn't want his wife walking around with a childhood friend? That's why he has his eye on her as much. Or is, 
is he going to surprise us at some point where he's working or is keeping tabs on her? Because we all know everyone in Mon Mothma's life is keeping tabs on her. Is he one of them? You know, just the fact that she was telling, you know, you know, do not, don't tell him. I don't, you know, we don't trust him. Um, and yeah, I, I would have to say that to me, the the spectrum of is he just a doofus, um, or is he a, <laughs> is he a do is he a dangerous doofus? Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. It's like yeah, you're right. I think picking up on that, you're just sort of like. Yes, he's kind of keeping an eye on him. I mean, you know, Tay's a good-looking guy, right? Um, yeah. But on the other hand, you know, is that just just simple? He's just you know just being a bro. Um, it's really <laughs> hard to say. At this point, I have yet to be proven that he's anything more than just a schmuck. Uh, but uh, on the other hand, it would be a, it would be an interesting twist if he does come back. And all of a sudden, you're like, "Whoa! Here's you know, here's the deep, deep plant." I mean, she has been kind of saying that you know, everybody from her driver to everybody else is a plant. Um, would it be really surprised? I think probably the only one in the family that we, is probably not a plant is the daughter, who's just being a teenager, um, <laughs> a, a difficult age uh, or a challenge or something like that. So I would say she's not the plant, but I would, you know, I would say yes. I, I think your um, suspicions are at least valid. Yeah, and I, the angry teenager. Wouldn't it be something if she if she turned on them? It's, <laughs> the the fact that that they're going into this aspect of Mon's life is just so impressive to me as well. Because this is again another situation where I, I mean, Mon Mothma has been around since Return of the Jedi, right? We've yep. seen her in the prequels. We've seen her in um, animation. We've and. I never once even considered that she has a life, that she has a family, that she has a home, that she has a, a you know, a doofus husband and an angry teenager. And this is just humanizing her to the point where um, she's a she's a, one of the more compelling characters in the show. Exactly, exactly. And I, I just love the yeah. fact she's getting her. She's really getting 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 to shine in this. Um, and I think, like I said, it just really, it really adds so much more texture to the Return of the Jedi appearance, um, you know, because in some cases you'll see these characters once and you're like, okay, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's all you really get out of them. But now we're just, there's just so much more here. Um, all right. Let me just, in going back, in going back to this ISB meeting, you know, the second time we see like the, the, the council of, you know, white, white tunics, uh, can we get a little more white in this room? <laughs> Um, we have our, we have our Lieutenant. Was it the, oh shoot. Once again, our, our favorite, was it Blevins? Um, that is once again, yeah. Supervisor Blevin is really trying to really has this, you know, has it out for Deidre, but kind of gets put in his place. And I'm, I'm starting to wonder, I'm like, is at some point, is he just going to do more than just try to tell on her? (laughs) And is he really gonna? Is he really gonna do something to really like? No one else is talking. I really need to do something. Do you think? Do you think he's capable or willing uh, to go the extra mile or go outside of the bounds to you know deal with her, as it were, either either to you know set something up for her or you know for his own ambitions? What do you, what do you think about this day? I do. I do think that he he has that in him. Uh, and I think that's why uh, Major Partagaz told 
Deidre what he told her on the way out, which was, nice job, watch your back. Exactly. <laughs> Quick, to the point, <laughs> yeah, they're going to come for you because that was sort of like, um, you know, I, I'm not sure what to call it, but she really came into her own in that meeting. Not only did she come out on top, but she came out on top because she logicked her way through it. She defended herself. She had all of her ducks in a row. And to Major Partagaz's delight, she had the raw data to <laughs> stand behind it. <laughs> so Blevin had no leg to stand on. He he's sat there being really humiliated in front of his peers. So I, I would not put it past him for a second to go after her or um, choreograph something that would go after her. So is he gonna, you know, start shooting things at her? I'm not sure about that, but he certainly is the type that know the people that can get that done. I would imagine. Yeah. It's going to be interesting because on the one hand you, you see her, you know, working towards figuring everything out, but she has her own thing. And, and I do agree. I think something's going to snap at some point and, you know, here we are, we're going to be rooting for her <laughs> to, to, to figure it thought? out. Who would have thought like <laughs> we're rooting for you so that we want you to be successful. No, we don't want you to find Cassian because, you know, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But at this point, you know, it's like, yeah, th this guy's going to do something and uh, will it go, will it go well or will it go ill? And, you know, will it come to a, a blaster and, and does somebody, does somebody get their white tunic, you know, uh, soiled with a blaster bolt? Uh, somewhere and uh, uh, interesting. All right, it sure is. All right, all right. Um, last question, if you don't mind, as we start to bring things down on this amazing sure. episode. Um, reaching in your your list, what you got? I'm. I fear that this is the most obvious question, and it is also <laughs> the the most unlikely to be answered for any time soon but to me it's also the most interesting question uh, and it comes again from marva and and cassian uh, marva says to him when, when after that such an emotional conversation that they had where she tells him you have to go i have to stay she asks him she tells him tell me you understand and cassian says he doesn't and she says you will You'll mm. see. I want to know what is it that's going to turn Cassian into the Cassian we see in Rogue One? What is it? It's. I don't even know if I want to know the answer right now, but I am so in, invested in finding out how this character goes from what he is to what he will be. And I, I just fear for Marva. I fear for Marva and B2. I just fear for them because... You know, um, they've clearly introduced these characters because he loves them. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine story wise, it would make sense for something that Cassian doesn't like to happen to those characters. Uh, but I think that's too obvious. And I think that this show isn't going for those kinds of things. I think it's thinking on other levels. So what is it? What gets Cassian? You know, I, I've been thinking a lot about Finn as I'm watching this show. Right. And I, Finn was one of my favorite story arcs through the sequel trilogy. You know, he goes through this transformation from somebody that just wants to run, literally just run, to somebody who is a full-blooded uh, rebel scum, right? He makes a tremendous change. 
And Cassian does the same thing. We know that. And I'm just enjoying and wondering what is it that we're going to witness that's going to bring that transformation. Well, what's surprising is, is that, you know, we, we kind of felt like, all right, we're going to see some serious loss. You know, when you see Bix in the episode earlier, or you see Marva or, or the droid and whatnot, and you kind of expect that what you don't expect is him getting caught and, you know, and potentially like, oh, this is going to happen six years from now. Well, of course he hates the empire. He was like, wait a minute. No, this math doesn't end up. So, you know, it was coming, you know, it was coming from left field. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really worried about Marva. And, you know, like I said, it's, she's going to have probably a very heroic out, especially grabbing that blaster along, you know, having, having the cannon grabbing that blaster rifle. But, oh, you know, I, I have to suspect that, you know, it's interesting. He leaves, you know, but then how's he going to find out unless he just sees it on the hollow net that, you know, Ferrix or um, a bunch of things happen there. So does he, does he find out and does he find out in person? Does he, does he break out, get back? And then is he just too late? And because he was screwing around that, not no pun intended um, on another place when he should have, you know, basically, you know, knocked her out through and through in a, in a, in a ship and got out of there. Um, but, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's got, you know, it's just, it's just going to make this worse. But I, I think, you know, I, I don't think either of them are going to be around much longer. Ugh. I am scared to say, I think you're right. Ugh. All right. But what I will say is that the, to quote Willy Wonka, the suspense is terrible. I hope it'll last. <laughs> ah, ah, excellent, excellent. All right, la- last question before I uh, before we kind of break it up, and it, it has to do with that his sentence and a line on there. As everybody you know saw, like and it was obviously there was the name, and then it, it didn't surprise me that one of the charges was assaulting an imperial officer. But I don't think that we could lack, uh, you know, suspected force sensitivity. Hmm. That was at least translated on one on both of the ones I've seen. Go without at least saying that's an odd one, unless it's a just a regular trumped up charge that definitely is going to get somebody time. But were you surprised of at least seeing that, hearing that, and do you read anything more into it? I I just think that it's it's just a deliciously interesting. That it would be there, whether it means anything or if it's just a fun little nod or if True. it's real. My first, my first thought is, has he even been them around long enough for who who is trained to see that kind of stuff on that planet? <laughs> <laughs> was it was it detected through a um, a KX droid's uh, hand? Right? Was it the hang? Was it be- <laughs> hang? <laughs> Was it um, Sam Witwer because he voiced that shore trooper? You know, does he have force sensitivity because of whatever he voices is force sensitive? I don't know. Uh, but I, I mean, they put it there for a reason. Yeah. They put it there for a reason. And um, does it even matter? I don't think so. But does, I love the idea that we can have daily regular run of the mill characters that can have a force sensitivity that don't even know that they have a force sensitivity. And if I could reference the sequel trilogy again, I think of Ray. Go for it. Ray, yes. right? She survived for decades, however long it was, 10 years, uh, on that terrible planet. She could fight with the best of them because she had this force sensitivity that she had no idea existed. Um, Finn, he also in Rise of Skywalker says it's an instinct. I love the way that that's described. 
right? So can Cassian have a force sensitivity? I'm all for it. He's really good at what he does for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love that that's put out there. I love how it's being used, but it's like I said, it's not beating you're not seeing an old man going i see something in you um yeah but you know it's like i said whenever they kind of put stuff in here there's just it's so deep and it's so gray as it were you just have <laughs> no idea what you're dealing with um but oh you know it just it, it just really ratchets up and you know what you kind of thought was going to be sort of like okay we're going to do this for a while and then we're going to get back to the real story like nope they they're dragging you along so this was uh this was an amazing episode and uh definitely yeah. uh rewatchable in many ways just because it's just so many little things in here all right um as we kind of bring it to a close tonight i do want to have you help us remind folks where can people find you and the Colby cast online? Well, thanks again for giving me that opportunity. And, and I always love coming on and, and having a conversation with you. Uh, I, I can only hope that I have um, helped to be the substitute Greg Cass, although he can <laughs> never be replaced, but um, I enjoyed our conversation as always. Uh, you're, I think you're the hardest working person in podcasting, buddy. You're out there doing everything you can uh, to, to make your passion evident to everybody. And it is. So thanks again for having me. Uh, if people want to say hello, uh, I'll, I'll, you can reach me at Twitter on, on, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, both places I'm at the Colby cast and it's spelled out just like it sounds, even though my, my name is a little weird. Uh, it's spelled <laughs> C O L B Y. Uh, that's the uh, podcast uh, channels. And if you want to say hello to me on the, on a personal level, uh, my Twitter is at cross checked three, which is the number three, as well as Instagram at cross checked three. Um, love talking to all of all the people out there talking about Marvel and S star Wars and fun stuff like that. So say hello. Excellent, excellent. And once again, thank you for going on. Yes, uh, just because of some uh, scheduling scheduling in, in life. And, you know, with a 12-week series, it's going to happen. Uh, and it's really nice when we can kind of lean into the friends and family plan and, and have other guests. Um, I, I won't spoil it, but we uh, looks like we have somebody booked in November uh, for one of the, for one of the f uh, last few shows. Uh, that I'm excited to bring on. And it's kind of fun that, you know, like I said, uh, a lot of times it's just Greg and I, sometimes we bring in guests. Um, and uh, it's kind of fun to get all these different perspectives, but also in just a forum that, yeah, just a little different. Um, but that way, like I said, I'd love this to keep going, but you and I have got some work to do, and we've got some other podcasts and things to, to, uh, to listen to. Um, if you folks out there have any questions, on um, you can reach out to the program. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rebel Base Card. You can email the program Greg at RebelBaseCard.com and send in your questions. What did you think about this episode? And uh, what's what's just kind of burning a hole in your brain? But anyway, uh, for Colby Media and I, we want to thank you for listening. We're going to sign off for now, um, and hopefully we'll get uh, Greg on next time. But we'll be back then. With some more questions, we hope somebody else answers. But now, we're going to return you to your podcast playlist, already in progress. The music for this podcast is brought to you under a Creative Commons license from Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. This is Discipline, off the album The Slip. This podcast is not affiliated in any way with Tops, Disney, or Star Wars. 
nor is it endorsed by Disney or Lucasfilm, and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds, and any other related items, are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders here in the U.S. and abroad. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com.